dude, I got hot dog smell in everything. I don't. I did laundry. Everything smells like hot dog. Hey, did um never again. Did never again. Did drops of Jupiter play on your way to work today? Sing that one for me. I can't remember how it goes. Yeah, heaven is overrated. It's just perfect. I mean, it just. I was pretty mad because my parents are kicking me out. Right. But train drops of Jupiter comes on. Not the fucking matters, dude. It's like weed. You came in with like a spring in your step. Yeah. Hey. Whoa. Hey, what's up, little man? Yeah, that was my skateboard you just heard. Oh, I thought it was the uh, the propeller on your little hat. No, I'm a tough. I'm a tough teen. Listen here, don't go through the saloon doors. I'm telling you that right now. I'll go wherever I want in this store. No, no. Hey, do a kickflip. Damn, they actually do that. I thought that was just a joke when you said that. Mm-mm. That's fucking cool. What kind of board, right. what kind of board you got there? World Industries. You guys want to see a can of spray paint? No. Check this out. Uh, seems like a fuck. That's a window, dude. I don't care. I'm a tough team. You want me to call the authorities? What's your name? What's your name? Me? Yeah. Says it right here on my fucking name tag. Yeah, can't you? I bet you're a rad. I bet your parents named you Rad. My name is Ted. (laughs) Even fucking worse. Step back. Step back, Bones. He's just a He's just a civilian. I'm getting kinda high on that uh Spray paint fume. Do you dipshits rent video games here? Yeah, we got a few. What are you looking for? I don't know. I like stuff like Conker's Bad Fur Day. What is uh, that? Right, so you're a little perf, huh? Or a uh, Leisure Suit Larry. Whoa, I don't think your parents should be letting you play that. I'm a latchkey yeah. kid. Not sure what that means. Hey, Dan, come over here for a second. Yeah, what? So a latchkey kid, that's that's a kid that generally doesn't have any sort of supervision after school. Like so they get kid. home from school. Like, yeah, they, they that TV kid is another way to say it. But a latchkey kid, generally a kid who has his own key, comes home from school, has a few hours before his parents get home from I'm work. I'm going through the saloon doors. Uh, hey, hold on. Uh, we'll can talk about this later. Hey, come back here. Seriously. Oh, my God. I was We're gonna get a latchkey kid? My parents We're all didn't love kids. me. Watch this. Pop shove it. Oh, fuck. Okay. Do the kickflip again. Oh, all right. do, a, do a mute air. There's not enough vert ramp here, dude. <laughs> Bet you can't kickflip over our canal. For real. Hey, dude, come back next week or we're going to drain this thing. You get some sweet action in here. Just put a little half pipe in. Have you not watched Rad Kid? Like, why aren't you in the... the the fucking BMX bikes. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to watch movies, dude. I want to interact with my media. These right. generation. Do you guys have any cool what games? A, Maybe on CD-ROM. Like the old, like the coolest game we got, I think, is like uh, the newest uh, port of Skyrim, because obviously that game just keeps getting remade and remastered over and over. Do you never, like Skyrim? Never ends. Uh, yeah, dude. I played it a hundred times. Damn, a hundred times? Yeah. Oh. 
I get the sense that you're um, that you're a liar. Watch me sneak. Where'd we he got, go? We got that. Uh, that be one a level one hundred. That one that just came in about the about the games. Oh yeah. What about uh? Would you watch a movie if it was about a game? I guess. How old are you? How old are you? It doesn't matter. Fuck. I'm not the one watching the movie. Old enough to rent it to you, and old enough to tell you no, we're not going to rent it to you. So right, you make fine. your yeah. choice. We were just fucking with you I'm, the whole time. I'm 21. I'm building up your. Yeah, right. Let me get a couple beers too. We don't drink on the job. You're holding I drink a, before up here. I get here. You're holding the beer right now. This is water, you shithead. Your koozie this is says, a non-alcoholic IPA. Your koozie says this is beer. I want to fit in. Yeah, it's a joke. It's like uh, a joke that you buy like your administrative assistant all right, for fine. Diet Coke. All right, maybe I'll take this movie. So just what is it? It's a brain scan from 1994 this week on Five Day Rentals. That Edward Furlong, guys. Eddie Furfur. Eddie Eddie Furlong. Ah, I can't wait to get into this. Folks, you're listening to Five Day Rentals, a movie podcast with categories. Uh, this round of category is viewer discretion advised. These will be movies that uh, we watched way too young in our upbringing. Um, they could be movies that we just caught a little bit of stuck with us for a while or they could have been a movie like in the case of this movie that kind of fucked me up for a little bit because of one particular sequence so uh i subjected these guys to my pick this week brain scan from 1994 i'm joined as always by laundry dan and bile say hello boys buddies forever hello boys (laughs) hello boys Guys, uh, was this your first viewing of Brain Scan? It was. Yeah, I'd never seen this. I played the game a lot, but I'd never seen the movie. <laughs> Maybe yeah. you never came out of the game. Yeah, this could all be a this could be it. simulation all, right now. It's all about the game and how you play it. Well, you know, I have been trying to get you both into the woods so I could m- murder you violently. <laughs> That's why I've got that dog. Dude, I have the one ability that Eddie Furlong has, and that is to duck into bushes. He blends right in, dude. Oh, my gosh. Holy shit. You want to talk about sneak level 100? Talk about some blind-ass motherfuckers in this town. How, uh, How nostalgic for the 90s did you guys get? Soundtrack, yes. Movie felt kind of 80s almost, I thought. I don't know if you guys really? felt that. Yeah, I thought that was... I, I said, I I could see this in 88. I don't know. This seems super 90s to me. There, 
there's a part where one kid says, dingus, it's an interactive CD-ROM. And then that chick at the at the very end, her outfit. I will say, oh the, my the god, fashion. fucking Stacy. Yeah, the the fashion, I and thought... walking through a the construction site of a suburb <laughs> might be the most nineties thing ever. I thought Stacy was the redheaded chick from Can't Hardly Wait. I was like, is that her? Okay, yeah, it was kind of, kind of. Yeah, for like a second, I was like. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! I was like, I think she wears the same shit in that movie too. Dude, it was uh, Kimberly's fucking uh, Timberlands mm-hmm. with the skirts. Yeah, this all seemed it, super nineties to me. The Aerosmith posters. Mm-hmm. Did multiple ev- Aerosmith? Posters. Yeah, I think yeah. every kid had an Aerosmith poster. I believe so. Yeah, I don't know what the. Now, now, Furlong was in the Living on the Edge video, right? Yeah, that was one of my uh, my notes for research. Okay, and that video messed me up as a kid because, to, you know that weird association you have when you're a kid? Like, to me, Edward Furlong was John Connor. So John Connor in this music video with a gun in his book bag. Oh, that's the one. Okay. Yeah. Always weirded me out, you know. I always remember the Alicia Silverstone, Liv Tyler one. Yeah. Crazy, I think it was. Yeah, and she uh, bungee jumps at the end. Yeah, they get and their I belly always, buttons pierced and shit. I always thought she must have had like that. She connected the bungee jump to, or the bungee cord to the piercing. Oh, is that's, that's, that's a strong piercing. That was like the first like lesbian thing I think I ever seen growing up. Like, whoa, they kissed each other. That... Girls kiss each other. Yeah, but like just for fun, which makes it even hotter. I mean, they're you know? two beautiful ladies. Oh my gosh! I think oh, I knew a kid in middle school that had like MTV at one point did like the top ten most controversial videos of all time. But they okay. showed them uncensored, and I remember seeing the video for "Smack My Bitch Up" by. That was what I was going to ask. Yeah. Prodigy, "Smack My Bitch," man. Yeah. Fucking awesome. That video was wild. Yeah, because that ends on the lesbian kiss or whatever. Because you you find out at the end that it was a chick the whole time, man. Yeah, it's like it's like shot all in first person of somebody just like going into a bar and groping people and then beating up a homeless man in the alley or something yeah yeah throwing up in the bathroom and yeah didn't they make a movie about that like a few years ago like kind of rip that like into the void or enter the void wasn't that like a first person no not really okay that that's a weird movie i think the like the dude dies like 30 minutes into the movie and then you just follow him as he like floats through space and time and shit okay i figured if any of the three of us knew about it it'd be you i well that I, was like in a cron category i saw that movie at the belcourt and when you said it i was like isn't bell in that movie well i was like do i even remember no. enough of this movie to <laughs> make a comment something yeah who's I, the 28 days later director 
Danny Boyle. Boyle. The the guy who did uh, Enter the Void is Gaspar Noe or Gaspar Noe or something. He also did Irreversible and Ooh. that like weird breakdance movie that came out pretty recently. You got served? No, no it's like a uh, dance crew and they take climax. acid. Yeah, Climax. Oh, it's not Step Up? <laughs> no. Step Up Step Up to Havana Nights? I think that's but, the Dirty Dancing. That's Dirty Dancing too. Doesn't matter. Step Up 3D? I felt like Danny Boyle would have directed uh, the Prodigy f- uh, music video. Right in, listeners. I don't know. That's a fact. Seems like it, though. You're just taking a wild shot. Listener, I'm going to guess that someone besides Danny Boyle directed that video. So, Wow. Bold seven, choice there, Cron. Seven listeners. Uh, any, um, I don't want to say Cron- generic. Like, You're wrong. Over- okay. Wow. Bet. Okay, sure. hundred okay. bucks. Let's do 50. Okay, 50 fine. 50 bucks? Yeah, that's great. I'm looking it up. Let's do 20. Bro, Venmo me right now. I use Cash App. Sorry, sir. Riveting podcast. You're going to have to buy Director. Jonas Ockerland. For Mm. any The Prodigy. That's what I was saying. You owe me 100. Oh, I took it as smack my bitch up No, not smack my bitch up. Uh, Run the the tape back. Dan said that video. Uh, I said Danny Boyle would have directed a The Prodigy video. It doesn't matter. There's no cash change. We all know is Guy Ritchie. Dan, you owe me a $100 bill, a $50 bill, and a $25 bill. See, that would have been my my challenge. That um, smack my bitch up seemed more like a Guy Ritchie than a Danny Boyle. I'll send it through you through Amazon, and I get to choose. Okay. No. I'm not looking this shit up. I want the cash. Guys, we're here to talk about Edward Furlong and 1994's Brain Scan. Any uh, opening remarks concerning the movie? Alice Cooper refrigerator. You mean an Alice cooler? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this movie could have like actually been a good movie, but it felt like they were like half of it is interesting. And then when Trickster shows up, it's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know what they're trying to do with that character. But I almost feel like if you would cut them out and made this a serious film, I think like people would hold it in higher regards, maybe. Yeah. See, to me, it's like the serious stuff is so fucking serious Mm -hmm. that when you get to the goofy stuff, it doesn't balance out. Right. It like you were saying, it's so out of place. So you either have to tone down some of the realism or some of the violence early on to level that out, or you'd have to bring him up, you know, amplify his craziness even more, I think. It feels like two movies fighting each other. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think they could decide what they wanted to do here, which way they wanted to go. Also... I think a big part of this is Edward Furlong. He is he a bad actor or a terrible actor? 
like how how far into that? I'd say bad. He's not good. He's not good. Because he's good enough in Terminator Two, and he's good in Detroit Rock City. Oh, because he can at Detroit Rock City. He's great at playing sort of a burnout. Kind of in on the joke. Yeah. Yeah. He he has a real tough time selling the uh, the emotion in this one. I thought he was. I don't. I think he's okay. Like he—he he wasn't my least favorite part of the movie. Carl oh, really? Is a, is a furry fur over here. Okay. I just. Well, I guess that's fair. I guess if you're like playing a kid, you know, like a little teenager that is up to no good or something, then he does fine with it. He was 15 and, at the time, so. And maybe I'm being harsh because he's not. Like Dan, you said, he's good in Terminator 2, but he's also acting with fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger pretending to be a robot, so he only really has to do a little... And he's got James Cameron, so Cameron's probably I was gonna say, yeah. walking him through it as much as he can. So maybe I'm being unfair knowing that he had that before this, but there just are some moments in here where... I just don't think he's capable of it. He was also battling a custody battle, I guess, at this at the time that they were filming this between his aunt <sighs> and like somebody else were battling for it, who was going to be responsible for him. Him and his yeah. wife were arguing over their five year old son. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it's something because like his aunt or his grandmother was his guardian or something. Yeah originally and then once he became a star i think there were some arguments there because i think i read a thing about there being screaming on the set and the director himself even i guess came out and said like edward furlong was a fucking terror to work with so but i don't i want to dive into dan's territory too much but anything else before we uh we hit this beat by beat uh i i I don't think he's a great actor in the film, but I think for the film he's in, he does fine with it. Okay. You know, when we do the interview with him, he's going to be like, dude, you're on my side. And then you just kind of like dipped out. I didn't thought dip. You, that's what I was saying. I think I thought you were a furry. I think for this film, like what he's doing is serviceable. Yes. Because he's got to go some pretty dark places. Mm-hmm. To yeah, I'll give him that. I'll, the woods. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He goes to the woods. He goes into a basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's boot up this uh, disc one of this thing. Thank God you checked your mail today. <laughs> yep. Uh, we open. We got a little montage here. We got shots of a corridor ceiling. We got a, a beautiful house. It looks, I'm not sure where this was shot. It looks like northeast or northwest to me. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we are a pro New Jersey podcast, and that's where this was filmed, New Jersey. All right. 
we got a beautiful house. We get a montage of a German shepherd. He's running through a neighborhood, through some through some tennis courts, up to a house. We flash back. We got somebody having nightmares. We got a sweaty forehead. We realize, oh, this is without a doubt Eddie Furlong's forehead. Oh, it did. We, did you guys notice the music by credit in this film? No, it's not. It's not him. I, it's not Parla. It's not P Funk George Clinton. I, I know, but I, I wrote down this music is by George Clinton. This shit better slap, dude. <laughs> <laughs> better be a funky good time in this film. It's not a bad score. It's just an extremely repetitive score. It's a total ninety-four score. Yeah. Did you look up uh, George S. Clinton by any chance? Yes. He kind of looks like uh, who? Wh- what's the actor that plays Ned Ryerson in Groundhog's Day? Stephen Tobolowski. He Tobolowski. looks. He looks like that with Doc Brown's hair. It's like fucking popped out and shit. We cut to. We got some broken glass, rain on a highway. We're, we're panning over as this kid with a fucked up knee is crawling to his mother. We cut. We see some surgeons in the operating room. First person. Uh, surgeon's holding down this fiery little kid covered in blood screaming for his mom. Uh, telephone rings. Igor, the AI assistant on our hero's computer, wakes him up. Uh, our hero is Eddie. Or uh, Michael. Eddie Furlong is playing Michael. Jesus Christ. Uh, He wakes up. He examines his fucked up knee scars a little bit. He cools himself off. Uh, His buddy Kyle, this won't be confusing. His buddy Kyle calls, immediately starts talking about this brand new video game that he read about in Fangoria. Fango. It's called Brain Skin. Yeah, Fango. (laughs) Uh, It's an interactive CD-ROM, the most frightening experience (laughs) on the planet. It's more real than reality. I love how Kyle keeps stressing that this game is interactive. And it's like, mm-hmm. what video game is not interactive? That's the whole point of it. A non-interactive video game is a movie. Yes. <laughs> uh, while Kyle's just going on and on, uh, Eddie looks out the window. He sees his neighbor, Kimberly. She's getting undressed. She's putting on a little show. Eddie sets up a video camera he starts zooming in he almost sees some boobage and uh kyle busts him out hey man you looking at kimberly see That's your tits yeah uh all right talk to you later kyle and then we get our first of many buddies forever buddies forever buddies forever so Kyle hangs up. Uh, Michael calls Kimberly. So he calls her while he's watching her through the video feed. And you know this is a 90s movie because there's a hardcore video delay through that AV cable. Uh, he calls her. He can see right as she picks up the phone, he hangs up. But we know that she knows that he's watching her. We can tell. Uh, so Michael... Despite him, him playing it off, he uh, he's intrigued. He picks up his Fangoria. He starts looking through it. He has Igar call 1-800-555-FEAR. Were you guys bummed out that they were reading Fangoria, not Playgirl, the whole time? No, that's all right. We need like some other representation. Sure. 
We need more I think it, magazine sponsors for five day rentals. Yeah. Yeah. Let's I think if let's get Fangoria to sponsor the pod. Maybe uh let's get Playgirl. Maybe Wizard Comics can pick up some slack as well. Mm-hmm. How about a scholastic? Sure. Let's get him young. Yeah. Let's let's get the pot at the school book fair. <laughs> so Michael gets a voice on the other line, uh, or on the other end of the line. It's telling him about how terrifying brain scan is. It's no joke. Um, Michael doesn't believe it. Starts talking trash. Uh, voice on the other end starts talking even more. Michael sits. Uh, he goes to his sweet ass gaming chair that he's got. This awesome setup in front of his TV looks super uh, uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, uh, his room, I mean, I get that he's in the attic, but there's like a bed, a fridge, a whole computer area. Like, thanks for, man. thank you for bringing this up now. I was going to bring it up later, but yeah, we got to talk about this. Is another 90s thing is the cool bedroom. Mm-hmm. Room envy, baby. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, th- this kid yeah, has like, like said, a whole he's house. Got a, he's got a kitchenette. Um, like two awesome interactive setups. He's got the huge desk, major speakers all throughout. Did you see that CD tower? Man, I would have been so jealous of that fucking CD tower. Mm-hmm. All those CDs that were like 20 bucks in 1994. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Pops must be making some cashola. Yeah. It's something with the new machines is... is <laughs> making his dad some money Mm -hmm. we'll talk about the most generic dad of all time he's a machine guy that's got to be gone 24 7 Mm -hmm. so uh finally the voice on the other end of the line it's like kind of had enough of of mike talking shit about this game and bam mike gets shocked he starts vibrating almost having like this seizure he's like covered in bright light like holy shit Voice on the other side says, uh, uh, it's been decided. You'll play Death by Design. The first disc will arrive tomorrow. And it hangs up. Yeah, what kind of gaming chair was that? Jeez. Yeah. Holy shit. Cut to either, or cut to the next day. We got Michael and some schoolmates. They're watching a horror flick in class. It looks like almost like a computer learning lab or something. Um, they're watching this black and white horror flick. Uh, Kyle's going on about like Kyle's like into it. He's getting nervous. Mike's just like, eh, whatever. This is this ain't doing it for me. This some uptight. This was me in high school with both of you. <laughs> yeah, what watching an awful well, horror film, <laughs> Try, yeah. trying to get you invested in it, even though you weren't invested yourself. Oh, I was invested, dude. Oh, you're talking about your Kyle. Oh, I got it. Yeah. That's how you're Michael in this situation. No, I'm Kyle. Yeah. Nah, you don't look like a Kyle, dude. You I was like a Ted. I was throwing those uh, black roses in the VCR. Uh, some uptight teacher, he busts in, he shuts it down, tells Michael to meet him in his office now. Um, teacher asks Michael, what was the name of that movie? Michael goes, death, 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 part two, which is the best joke of the movie, and it's yeah. it's his best delivery, too. Um, we find out that 
Michael has started a horror club. And the teacher's a little upset because this is like activity hour. It's supposed to broaden the mind, not be some schlocky thing. Um, he wants sweet. Like yeah, where was horror I, club when I was in high school? For sure, I, I was I was hosting that. it in your living room, and you hated it. <laughs> That's where the it teacher was. Teacher wants dude. to know. I didn't hate it. You guys would just start when I went to work, and then I'd come home in the middle of street trash. You'd be like, "There's pizza over there if you want it." We put cheeseburgers on it. Man, those were the days, huh? Mm-hmm. Teacher wants to know, like, why why do you like this stuff, Michael? And then Michael actually starts, like, he's getting a little bit of attention, and he's actually kind of into it. He's like, really? Like, you want to know? He's like, yes, explain it to me. Because I don't know. I guess it's a, I guess it's an escape, I guess. And the teacher says, you mean, like, lighting up a, a marijuana cigarette and escaping the real world? like watching a pornographic film and getting an erection and raping someone. So he's obviously a huge jump. Yes. To which Michael replies, uh, I don't think erections rape people, people rape people, (laughs) but the erection helps. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, A pivotal part in that (laughs) equation. I think. Did you guys have subtitles on for this film? I did, yep. and they were edited subtitles. Yes. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that. Yeah. Like, sh- shit was always shoot. Shoot. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah, and G's. There was a lot of G's, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, somebody got fired for this. It was their last day or something. Especially later on when he's fighting with uh, the trickster, and they drop some cuss words. Those were pretty funny. Dude, nobody got fired for messing up the subtitles on Brain Scan. <laughs> I guarantee they they have not even found that yet. There's a wife out there right now that's like, Jeremy, why'd you have to do it? I was going the way of the Lord, Melissa. It was probably like when they digitized the video, they were like, well, all we have available is the TV edit subtitles. And somebody was like, yeah, just throw those on. That's fine. My story's way better. The production company probably didn't even pay for the, like the transcription. It was like you said, it was probably like the hearing impaired TV version, you know. All right, so the the teacher he he's had enough. The horror club it's banned. He says you'll bring me the next film that you plan on showing, and only upon my approval will you get to continue the horror club. Do you notice this guy had a photo of Bill Clinton in his office? Yeah, that's a movie thing to show you like, oh, this is the time. Because I, I, I was watching something recently and the it was like a sheriff's office and they had like Reagan on the wall. I think it was a Friday the 13th part six or something. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. That's what they used to do to like timestamp these movies. I feel like that makes more sense than the principal having a picture of the president. I wouldn't be surprised if some of our principals. Do you think? Do you I think mean, Butch? You think Butch had a uh, every building that I Bush? go into has a picture of the president? What the, the fuck was our principal's name? Butch. Uh, 
hey, if you're a, hey, Joss, if you're a principal, write into the email and let us know if you have a picture of Biden up right now. You know what he does now? He stocks bread at Walmart. True story. Josh? There's, there's your principal update, Josh. It's Josh. People got to have something to do in retirement. This will be cut out. <laughs> 32 minutes. I'll cut his name out. We'll leave the fact that he's stocking just groceries. Put like, just put a fart sound over his last name. Like, Here, I'll do one. There. Okay. That will have been put over Butch's last name. Uh, all right. So we've banned the horror club. Michael, he's on his moped. He's on his way home. So, of course, this kid's got a fucking cool moped as well. This dude is just oozing in fucking cash, bro. Oh, yeah. Um, on his way home, he comes across a bike accident, a pretty bloody bike accident. Um, there's a body being carried away by some EMTs. And then we get our uh, first appearance of Frank, and help me with this last name, Langia. It's a double L, right? Yeah, that sounds right. Langella. Frank no, Langella. It's or Langella. Frank. Worst performance of the film. What are you talking about? Oh, my guess got fucking terrible. I can't believe he's an actor still. Oh, no. this He's literally acting with his hands in his pockets most of the movie. He. Well, I told you twice. We're going home. Well, I think yeah, this is. It, it takes him a while to get on to the case of this kid. And it's like, if you kept seeing the same person over and over at crime scenes, yeah, that'd be suspect number one for me, dude. I like Frank. I feel like he, he no. is, he's the second best actor or performance in the movie for me. Um, we are not natural. Picking, as hell. We are not picking a detective movie in the detectives category with this guy. Not this guy, no. Not this guy. But I, I don't think he's trying that hard, but I also think he knows what movies he, he's in and is like, man, this is fucking easy. I'm going to coast. <laughs> Even in his riling speech towards the end of the movie, he's like, I, I think his hands are in his pockets the whole time. I don't think you're, I don't like the way you drive so slow in this town. Mm-hmm. What? So he, he sees Mike. He basically tells him to fuck off. Like, do you live around here? You know these people? No? Then you should probably go home. Like, get out of here. Um, Mike gets home. He checks the mail. Pretty much all for his vo- uh, all for his father. Uh, with the exception of brain scan disc one. And he goes, I didn't order this. So obviously he forgot that the guy said, uh, you'll get the disc tomorrow. So... Uh, he checks the answering machine. His dad is called. He's away. Of course, he wishes Mike was there so he could see the new machines. He tells Mike, I'll be home in a few more days. I know I didn't say, or I said it would be earlier, but, you know, these machines. Karan, <laughs> is this another homeless what are you dad? Do? No, this guy's raking in the dough, dude. Work, oh, yeah. Working on these machines. <laughs> but he's not home. With his child. Yeah, but he he has a home. I mean, he's just out on the road putting gears and pulleys together, I guess. This 
Deep down, though, this was everybody's wish, though, right? Kind of. Well, if you had a house I like wish that. wish my parents were gone. <laughs> if you had that kid set up, maybe. Well, I mean, actually, he's in a better spot if his dad is home because he's got a whole fucking floor to himself. Us that grew up, you know, middle class in a regular house. It'd actually be better if our parents were gone. But yeah, I mean, jerking off was a was a risk, bro. You never knew. You had to have some good hearing. Well, you should have got some dense bushes out there. I think we might have lost Kron for a moment. <laughs> Not a good look on that one. We put him to sleep. <laughs> there oh, he there is. he is. <laughs> he's he's popping back. I'm we'll back. continue on. Okay. So, uh, we got a party at Kimberly's next door. Um, Michael's a little upset. Looking out, he shuts the he shuts himself in. He boots up the brain scan and he tells Igor, or Igor, no calls. I don't want to be disturbed. Dial 1-800-555-FEAR. So, right as this starts to boot up and connect, Kimberly tries to call. Uh, she gets the busy signal. Master's busy. Master's and then we get, busy. Master then is we get busy. The most 90s character in the movie, which is Kimberly's friend Stacy. She comes in and, and catches Kimberly. What are you doing? Uh, Mike takes his seat. Game boots up. And then we get, listen carefully. For the next two hours, you're going to experience mind program entry. That's a powerful force not unlike hypnosis. Transmitted through the television's blinking signal. It's going to alter your reality. Take this seriously, Michael. You'll be watching a murderer through the eyes of a killer, and you'll affect his actions. It won't be pretty. Whoa. You must stalk and kill within the given time frame. Mike's like, okay. He's got a little bit of a reluctance, but ultimately, let's party. We get a TV flash. 60 seconds on the clock. Cut to first person. We walk up this driveway. It's dark. We see a bike. We see like this Japanese lantern in the yard. A voice tells us to open the gate and go inside. We go around the side. We open the gate. We go in the door. We are, Now we're in the kitchen. We look up, pick a weapon from the kitchen. We grab a knife. We go upstairs into a oh, bedroom. I wish he had picked spatula so bad. Mm-hmm. There was one right next to the knife. That would have been an instant game over, though, right? <laughs> You'd have to start all over. No, you could slap someone to death, I guess. Yeah. Well, since you broke the flow and we're in a POV scene, I did want to talk to... I wanted to specifically see if maybe we could conjure a previous guest because this movie involves voyeur, cameras, and now a POV shot. I think we got to bring in BDP, right? So, Brian De Palma, are you there? Hey, guys. Have I, you... Uh, I've been listening. I'm not going to lie. You've been listening? Have you... Uh, did you watch the movie with us this week? Yeah. Uh, you know, fucking Cron Howard always texts me, tells me what it's going to be, so I get right. down. Well, if you would uh, stick around... And listen to the end of all the shows, you'd know what the movie is. You wouldn't have to wait on Cron 
Oh no, you want Kron to text you though, isn't it? Yeah. He, you know, he's we. He's a swimmer. What can I say? Uh, my assistant. She she sticks around for the end. She tells me in the morning. I can't stay up that late. You guys know that. Well, you're a busy man. You could listen to the podcast any time of day. You mm-hmm. you don't have to throw it on at midnight don't, or. Don't tell me how to do my job. I'm busy writing star-studded scripts, Cron Howard. I heard you've also... Award-winning, award-winning blockbusters. I'm an international phenomenon. I heard you've also been installing a lot of saloon doors recently. Listen, uh, the only problem that I had with this movie is it didn't feature any shots of their security systems. That was that was my thing. Yeah, this whole thing wouldn't be a problem if people had security systems in these neighborhoods, right? Yeah, you really gotta... I'm a man of detail. You guys know that. So, mm-hmm. you know, show what you got so the people know. Mm-hmm. And everyone's got a security system. But other than that, Kron will be enthused to know that uh, I try to get Eddie Furlong for the lead in uh, Raising Kane, but, you know, he denied. You tried to get Eddie Furlong instead of John Lithgow? Yeah, Lithgow was my second choice. Wow. Well, this this is shocking. That's riveting news, I know, right? I, I'm glad wow. the stars aligned like they did and we got the film we got. Yeah. Holy you know, shit. You know who my third choice was? I would hope like Jack Nicholson or Nicolas Cage. No. The boss, Springsteen. <laughs> Thought he'd do a wonderful job. Wow. So we owe a shit ton of uh, gratitude to John Lithgow, right, for yeah. being available. Glad he picked up the phone for that wow. one. Wow. Holy shit. He's a wonderful man. He's an amazing superstar. He should be way bigger than what he is. He should have never done that stupid television show. Really sounds like we dodged a couple bullets from BDP again. Well, you know, what can I say? Uh, guys, I got to get back. I'm writing uh, Scarface 3. Uh, so oh, Scarface Scott, 2 hasn't Scarf- even... Oh, uh, Scarface? Scarface, yeah. Scarface? Does it take place? Is it a murder that happens at uh, um, what the fuck is that name of that uh, Warp Tour? Shit. I don't think that you have got to the level to insult an Academy Award-winning director like myself. A guy. I know some guys at a video store that paid you good hard money, and you fucked up their whole porno room. A guy tapes a knife to the end of a trombone and just. Lays waste. <laughs> Look, you guys talk shit now, but when you watch it, you'll be reviewing the shit. Mm-hmm. Scarface three. Well, I can't. Right. can't well, twenty twenty six. Thanks for stopping by, Brian. Can't wait to see Scarface one and two. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, keep up what you're doing. Great work as usual. Uh, and I'll see you guys in a few weeks. I I I, I, I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> All right, we'll see you, Brian. All right, so 
we continue up this hallway. Uh, I will say the music in this scene, I think, is pretty effective. We get, uh, st- we're still in first person. We get a knife to the victim's face. Uh, the victim rolls over. We get this voice. What are you waiting for? Victim rolls back over, roll into their stomach. Finally, we get stabs to the back, multiple stabs. Victim gets up, starts screaming, struggling around the room. Um, bounces off the bed, falls onto the floor. The knife is pulled out, and the body gets kicked over. Voice over, make sure he's dead. So we start kicking the body at the head, the neck, the arm, down. We see this foot with a little snake tattoo on it. It almost looks like a... I was Sisyphus ask, or whatever, the medical snake. I was going to ask uh, how our if our foot expert would come in and uh, just describe that what he what he felt about those that foot. I guess. Yeah, I, I was waiting until we talked about how the foot was severed before we we called oh, okay. Nathan Hands. But if you've got to boot it up, let's go ahead and call him. You guys hey, want me Nate. to jump in, Nathan? You there? Call him Nate. Are, Don't forget. You want Sorry, me to Nate? Call me Nate. Get in here, buddy. Let's talk about this foot. Hey, man. How's you doing? Oh, highs and lows, you know? You got any, uh, you got any good info for us this time, this time around? What, on this disgusting foot? Well, I guess yeah. we know how you feel. I mean, sh- shit. It's bottom tier. <laughs> it's disgusting. What yeah, is sure your... Really isn't a good f- this isn't a good foot movie, is it? No, it's all because the one foot you do get is severed. So, uh, so you like a live foot? You don't like a a dead foot? I wouldn't say that. You're talking to a guy who's got a severed foot. Like your foot severed, or you Shit, in man. your possession have somebody else's severed foot? I've got both mine right here. So, <laughs> where'd I get the third? We need to put a handicap uh, parking spot outside the podcast studio, Bones, uh, for someone else. Not for Nate. Nate's got three. <laughs> yeah, if it, he's superhuman. He's got to park in the back. Nate's got a foot to spare. He can park in the back with Jerry. I did want to know your your foot rating system. I mean, how did how does that work? Can you let us in on that, or is that just your own thing? Well, it's it's got to be toes, right? Case by case basis. Are you? Yeah. Are you more of a toes guy? Are you more like a heel dude? Like. Uh, the arch is pretty great. <laughs> Big arch guy. What about flat feet? You still into flat feet? You know, I just call them like I see them, really. We hired you because of your expertise, and you're really not making us feel like yeah, you're kinda we're shady. getting our fucking money's worth. Well, I told you this was a bad foot. Oh, man. I guess we need to up our foot game. Yeah. What would make this a good foot? Mm. Got to get rid of that tattoo on the foot. It's a terrible okay. tattoo. I agree. I agree, Nate. The foot should be left pure. Now, do you like women's feet or dudes' feet more? Like, does it matter? Mm. Wherever the mood swings me. Quick cue for you guys. Wow, this is okay. <laughs> We're on the other side now, apparently. Yeah. I've made a copy of your house keys. Is that all right? Who gave you those? I don't worry about that. I got them. Is that, is that cool? Well, you 
you didn't grow up as a latchkey kid, so now you're kind of you're trying to live that, right? Like later in your life. Mm. It's not really a latchkey situation. I've just got your keys and an extra foot. All right. Look, Nate, everybody in my household sleeps with socks on, so uh, you're out on that, buddy. I'm sorry. They won't well, anymore. I'm fucked because I've, I've been on the record as sleeping naked. That is true. I know you so. do. <laughs> well, all right, Nate. Uh, yeah, thanks. I have tattoos on my feet, so sorry. Stick your little toes out of the covers when you get too warm. My toes are huge. All right, so Nate. Everything is... Little baby toes you've got. I'm okay, going to counter Nate. everything you say. Stay the fuck away from my feet. <laughs> we'll call you in next time around. Okay. Yep. I'll just swing by probably before you call again. Nope. We'll call you, bud. See, mm-hmm. see you at your house, boys. Bye. Bye. Oh, man. We got to fire that guy. I, I don't think it's fair to get mad at you for bringing him in. But... That's just, you know... I don't think you're going to be able to fire him. I think you're... Sounds like he's already got... Did he sign the contract? He... He sent us a vial of his blood. Shit. Well... I, well, it wasn't a vial. It was drops on the Payless receipt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's still working there? That might be the I, only he, one I in the country. I think he owns it, dude. Yeah. I think he's a franchise owner. Shit. He's trying to get up to regional manager right now. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe he won't have time to do the show after he gets promoted. He tried to open a footlocker, but he got so confused. Well, I think he's probably too horned up. People dude. just yeah, people just misunderstood. He actually has foot locks, so I think he was <laughs> like he he kind of went out of business really quick because he was selling a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he's our foot expert here, so he has foots locked down for the Five Day Rentals podcast at least for a year. Well, speaking of somebody who needed a foot lock, this poor victim could have used one because our killer uh, just starts cutting off the right foot of our victim. Uh, should have. This is an extremely sharp blade because it just cuts right through the bone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get this voiceover of be sure to put it in a safe place. Mike wakes up nine minutes, 34 seconds left. And then uh, he's like impressed with himself and he is fucking starving and thirsty and he just gulps down a full glass of milk. No. Talk about another very 90s thing. What was that all about? You got to get that milk. They knew kids were going to watch this. So they said... Drink your milk, children. Mm-hmm. You think that's how they sold it to... <laughs> Got milk? Yeah, to younger... Like, the movie does deal with a murdering video game, but we do we do feature a shot where the main child drinks milk. You just turn on the Christian subtitles and you're all right. <laughs> I had... You guys remember Daisy Fuentes? No. No? Oh, she was hot. You should look her up. She, uh, I think she hosted AFV, like America's Funniest Home Videos, with uh, somebody after Bob Saget left. Man, she was hot. Yeah, she was like a, a SI model for a while. Anyway, I had a, a I ripped out an ad, a Got Milk ad, but and she had like a 
the got milk mustache. It was very confusing because, yeah. You got milk all right. Yeah. That's why I can't keep milk in my house. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, like, are you walking around like, hey, baby, why don't you take a... <laughs> you got to get those bones nice and strong, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Why, don't you take, why don't you take a gulp of this milk? <laughs> yeah. Did you uh, finish that glass get, before you come get in here? Real li- get real lip deep on <laughs> this, babe. Get as much. She didn't catch me. I was over her one night with some Elmer's glue. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, We got the next day or Monday maybe because who would have a party on a school night? Timeline of this doesn't make any sense. Um, Rich kids, you know. We got Mm -hmm. Kyle and Mike walking home from school through a construction site. Like I said earlier, very 90s thing to me. I think every suburb I lived in. As a kid moving around, there was always construction going on. The first time I ever interacted with cops was because uh, me and some friends had stolen a bunch of shit from a construction site <laughs> to make our treehouse. All and right. The cop let us off. This copper sheeting super valuable. My uncle yeah. knows how to scrap it. Uh, the this was it. This is how the conversation went. You guys are stealing brand new material. The contractor is absolutely fine with you taking the stuff out of this, which is the garbage scrap, to which me and my friends were like, yeah, but it's crap. Like, we want the good stuff. <laughs> so We like your taste, but no. Yeah. Sw- I mean, we're talking like full fucking sheets of plywood <laughs> and bags of so, Karan, we know roofing. Who was, and who was fucking over the unions even at a young age over here. <laughs> Right? That is true. I mean, you did. Shit falls off trucks <laughs> all the time. All right? Mike and Kyle, uh, Mike's talking up the game like, holy shit, Kyle has just got to play it. If it's as good as you say, you know, come on, let me play it. But Mike wants to play it a few more times, and then he'll let, let Kyle borrow it. Mike goes home. He tries to play again, but the game won't work. Um, He's... His his temper tantrum is interrupted when he realizes that uh, Kimberly's coming up to her house. She's driving this sweet blue convertible. I couldn't get an idea. I couldn't get a make on it. Uh, Mike goes over to the house, knocks on the door. He asks Kim's parents if he could see her. They reluctantly let him in. He stands creepily in the the living room while they start watching the evening news. Well. The mom is watching the evening news. Her dad is going to read a book in the same room. Mm-hmm. That shit would drive me crazy. Could you? Read? I don't know how people do it. Can you read with the TV on? I can't. I can't either. I mean, I can barely read. <laughs> so with any other stimulus. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to fucking read, guys. Yeah. I can't shit with somebody... Watching a music or uh, watching a music video or something on their phone next to me. So I, you ask them like, "Hey, bud, you need to warm up YouTube over there." Let's like, dude, dude, you're killing me over here. Maybe next time you walk in and someone's watching a video, you should just yell out like, "Some of us are trying to read in here." The bathroom is meant for reading, not YouTube. 
I can't read on the toilet, man. My fucking legs fall asleep. You get those pins and needles and shit while you're trying to wipe. Fucking I mean, brutal. George Costanza, when he takes the uh, Impressionist Architecture book. book yeah. Yeah. Uh, in, yeah. It was like an art book, yeah. In 19th century Impressionism or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, you, you wouldn't have a business if it wasn't for the bathrooms. Cron <laughs> uh, told yeah. me to make more Seinfeld references. So I loved it, dude. I love it. Yeah, I mean, that was nailing it. That was all before cell phones, though. So, you know, maybe yeah. maybe we would be reading in there more if. I mean, that's the thing that people are doing now to be like, I have too much screen time. I need to start reading while I'm shitting instead of on my phone while I'm shitting. And that makes them feel better. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. where we've, we've gone to? As a society? Yeah, sure. Take a book in with you next time. I mean, at the height of the pandemic, when toilet paper was sparse, <laughs> I was throwing all my paperbacks in the toilet just to be safe. <laughs> Just stagging them up next to the bathroom. All right. You never know. Slaughterhouse Five. Don't need that. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So, like Kyle was saying, the Kimberly's mom. She's trying to watch the news. We get the nightly news report. Report of a body that was found in town, brutally stabbed. Uh, Mike realizes that the the house on the news report is the house that he saw in the game. Um, and then there's even, they say they go, they go on about how the that right fucking foot spatula. <laughs> <laughs> if only. So Mike kind of freaks out. Uh, and then the mom like rudely just says, did you say something yes. to him? And Mike's like, all right. So he dips out. He says, excuse me. He rushes home and uh, finishes the news report. We cut to the crime scene. Mike shows up and just, with no regard, just crosses the police tape. Uh, Franklin Gia catches him again. Hey, kid, following me? This is the second time I'm telling you to go home. Uh, so that's it. That's the extent of Mike being at this place. He doesn't get up the driveway. You think... Recently. But maybe that's how Frank Langia like started in detective work himself. He was just following a cop around town. Mm-hmm. So, oh, so it's his first impulse if he sees somebody twice. Yeah, he thought it was like a, a mentorship situation. Oh, okay. I mean, the, uh, the killer always returns to the murder scene, right? That's what they say. What have you done in your experience? I don't tend to go. I hide the bodies. Uh, wait, what? All right. Uh, so Mike goes home and has the impulse to check the freezer. Now, Dan pointed out earlier, we got a nice big Alice Cooper sticker on the side of this refrigerator. Did you guys notice the giant pizza sticker on the freezer? Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, damn it, where was this movie a few categories ago? I just want to bring in, uh, this is a prime time for Feed My Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mikey opens the freezer. Well, the foot is in the fucking freezer. Uh, Mike freaks out. He calls. He gets an operator. Operator says, uh, that number doesn't exist. 
and then we get Mike freaking out. That's impossible. We get that Eddie Furlong, you know, prepubescent high pitched scream that he's got. Yeah. The TV starts to flash, and the trickster emerges. We got this six foot tall, red hair, kind of curly mullet, shaved on the sides. He's kind of big lips, sharp teeth, nose ring. Um, wearing kind of a velvet fucking Brad Pitt in interview with the vampire type of coat thing. Uh, so he just, he, he appears by sort of, what's the reverse of absorb? Like he comes out of the TV, like demons two style <laughs> and yeah. appears. Yeah. Uh, he comes in, starts talking shit, starts flipping through Mike's CD collection, realizes that he's got shit taste, pulls out a Primus CD. No hops up. Western. Yeah, that's that's later. He hops up on the desk, pops this in, starts rocking out to some Primus. At, right before it really starts to jam, Mike shuts the thing off, which is kind of a bummer. At this point, he, Trickster really seems like more of an annoyance than a threat. Yeah. He's just like going around knocking the CDs over, like jumping on the rafter. Yeah. I mean, if Primus is what's getting him going, like this is 94. I mean, there's some there's some decent heavy metal out right now. Mhm. Sepatra, some fucking Death or something. But Primus? Oh, dude, you know Trickster jams out to I don't know what it, Ronda's big brown beaver or whatever. I feel like Primus Primus. is a fucking great choice for Trickster. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's dead on. You did it. Uh, Mike starts freaking out. I was there. It wasn't supposed to be real. This doesn't make any sense. Trickster explains that it wasn't a game. You really did that. You were great. I can't, I can't wait to see what you do next. Mike's refusing, but uh, the Trickster says, you got to. Uh, you got to play again because there's a witness. Um, what are you talking about? And he says, well, actually, there's two witnesses if you include me, but I'll never talk. And Trickster starts fucking self-mutilating. He starts breaking his own fingers. He fucking three stooges his own eyes. They start to bleed or whatever. He says, uh, I, I won't talk under any circumstance, but please, no country western music. Every man has his limits, so which is a very '90s joke. Yeah, when you say uh, country western, <laughs> yeah. Um, who do you think's the better self mutilator between Trickster and D. Snyder from <laughs> Strangeland? Oh yeah, Kyle, I'm going to stop you right here. D. Schneider has come down with COVID. Uh, hopefully, he gets better. Uh, how's this going to affect Strangeland 2? I don't know. Well, we're delayed definitely right now. Definitely going to postpone it a little Shit. further, I guess. But I will say that one of my thoughts was I feel like Trickster should have been Captain Howdy. Like, you know what I mean? I think, like, wouldn't that would have worked more? Maybe? What do you mean? Just Trickster... Imagine Trickster whenever he appeared and it was just Captain Howdy. Like face tattoo and like the piercings and shit. It'd be more terrifying. Mm -hmm. That's what I think, right? Like I think that would have worked 
almost better. I think you need some of the like you need the otherworldliness of Trickster, but so to sort of answer both of your question, I think uh, Captain Howdy's is more intense. Like he actually feels the pain. Trickster has the ability to do that shit and recover from it. So it's more impressive that Howdy is self mutilating and and dealing with it. So that's kind of Trickster feel like- can appling his dong all day. <laughs> You know, and then blow on his thumb and his dick comes right back to normal. So, does he dink the clown? Yeah. What a great cartoon skill. You know, like if you got shot and you just do that blow on your thumb, blow the fucking bullet out. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Kyle? Do you agree with me? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think Captain yeah. Howdy is the more intense character. Yeah. Dude, he's so much better at self-mutilation. I could, I mean... So fucking good at self-harm. I wish this just was the, you know, Strangeland 2, and Howdy was the guy who pops out of the computer game. Yeah, it it almost works. Like, let me show you what the internet is. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, let's get... But wasn't Strangeland before this? No, Strangeland Uh, was 98. It was after, yeah. Let's get this film. This inspired D. Snyder. Yeah, let's get yeah. this film to him, and maybe we could have like a Howdy Trickster team up for Strangeland Two. Maybe Trickster brings him back. That sounds yeah. that sounds great to me. Mm-hmm. It's like a Thelma and Louise. They're just cruising through, guys. Let's fucking killing teens and shit. Let's write it. Get it to D. Snyder. Mm-hmm. I think I think the treatment for this is what's going to bring D. Snyder back. If he's got COVID, going to keep him off a ventilator. He's probably got time to flip through a script right now. So mm-hmm. uh, the lungs on that guy, he's he's going to be fine. Yeah, D. We know you're going to make it through, bud. We love you. Well, they tried to give him the vaccine, and he said, "We're not going." You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, the rest of the band's like, "Nah, fuck you, D." Like, yeah, we're, we're taking, taking it. it. Like, we yeah. already did it, bro. We want a tour. <laughs> All right. You want out of this. You got to play one more time because there's a fucking, uh, there's a witness. Um, Mike gets all cocky. I've done pretty good so far. Trickster says, have you? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's done okay. Like, he had time to spare on the first first disc. Mm-hmm. Trickster flashes away. Uh, we cut to Mike limping into the woods with a shovel and the foot. Yeah, that doesn't He's, look guilty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we haven't really talked about this. So with the fucked up knee, Mike walks with a limp everywhere. This is the I first would, time I realize that. Yeah, me Yeah, too. I would say 80% of the time he sells the limp. There's a few times where the limp's not really there. Um, he starts digging a hole, but he... For some reason, just does not notice that a German Shepherd runs right up behind him and pulls the severed foot out of the bag. The dog runs off. Mike kind of limps after him, kind of chasing him. Ultimately, the dog comes back. He drops the foot. Mike grabs the foot, and then the dog's owner starts walking up the trail. This is why you keep your dogs on a leash, okay? You don't want them getting ahead of you and pulling severed feet out of bags. Right. So Mike is, he's got no other choice but to fucking dive into the brush. 
the dog kind of comes up, starts sniffing him again, tries to steal the, the foot from him. Mike is saying, like, please leave me alone. I'll never ask you for anything again. The owner's trying to figure out what's up with the dog. This is shot so poorly because it should be pretty obvious that there's a kid lying in the bushes. Uh, and this owner scene calls. happens again. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, and it's um, it's not like he went out it's there. It's worse later. It, it's not like he went out there in full camo or anything. I mean, he's wearing nice. like... Fucking gray sweatpants. Yeah, like a bright-ass shirt. Yeah, he is in Cobain garb. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, the, uh, the dog fucks off along with the owner. We cut to Mike at home. He's burning some clothes and the foot in the fireplace. Um, Kyle shows up. Hey, man, you skipped school? Yeah, I got mono. Hey, did you hear about the murder? Pretty cool, huh? Um, he tries to come in. Mike says it's probably not a good idea. You know, I'm gonna. I need to take. A, I need to go. And then Kyle, he shows his hand. This is why he's here. He says, uh, "Hey, if you're gonna be laid up for a while, you think I could get that uh, brain scan desk?" Fucking Mike loses it. Get the fuck out of here. Slams the door. Kyle beats on the door again. Mike opens it. Kyle's flipping him off. So, so much for buddies forever, right? Typical Kyle's. Typical Kyle's flipping people off. We know what we do. Mike goes and takes a nap, which he does a lot in this movie. He wakes up to Kimberly ringing his doorbell. Uh, She was sweet. She brought him his homework and his mail. He starts flipping through the mail. He's got a brain scan disc too. He freaks out. He drops all the mail. She tries to help him. No, I got it. Hey, you should probably leave. Uh, she takes off. Mike freaks out. He starts thrashing the mail around, throws the second disc. Cut to another nap. Jesus, this kid in his naps. We got a phone ringing. Trickster shows up. Where's the second disc? Trickster starts explaining that uh, he has to play disc two. Um, Mike says, I destroyed it. I'm not playing it. Trickster says, you didn't destroy it. Sure enough, he pulls it out. He's spinning the shit on his finger. Trickster takes off. Uh, But not before Mike says, I'll play it, but I'll play it for the police. And Trickster says, well, you you play it, and we'll see what the police got to say. And before we cut to disc two, gentlemen, I release you for a pee and beer break. Yeah. My name's Michael Brower. I'm 16 and I'm scared to death. I wrote that down too, man. I thought that was so funny. (laughs) Michael's got a, uh, he's got his video camera set up over his shoulder to film him playing disc two. He boots it up. And uh, he no more boots it up, and then he flashes, and then he's out. He wakes back up. Seven minutes and 23 seconds remain when he wakes back up. What the hell? Mike checks the camera. The recording has Michael getting up and leaving. He starts freaking out. I swear to God, I didn't leave. I was here the whole time. He goes and checks the Alice cooler. 
in the freezer, Kyle's necklace. Holy shit. I mean, did you know it was Kyle's necklace at this point? Not at all. I didn't feel like they really amplified it enough for me to know. Because I wrote down, based on this weird onk necklace, Victim 2 might have had it coming. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. New Kyle wore a Metallica shirt at one time, but I did not know he wore that necklace. The thing about Kyle that really sticks out is the rubber face. Like he does a lot of the thing about these Kyle, faces. Obviously, you can't show that shit on a podcast. But that stands out to me it, is that he was 27 years old whenever they filmed this. I believe it. Yeah. He's a tough. Mike team, freaks dude. out. He he yells at Igor. 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 Dial Kyle. Yes, master. We cut to Kyle's house. We got Franklin Gia again. He picks up the phone. Mike starts freaking out. Damn it, Kyle, answer me. Holy shit, what the, you know, talk to me. Hello? Yeah. Langia goes, who is this? Mike hangs up. Kimberly comes back over to Mike's house. Now, this is where we start uh, Kimberly walking up to the door and her just walking through the yard. She does not adhere to any sort of driveway or sidewalk path. She just walks right through the grass, and it drove me crazy every time she does it. Such an old man. Yeah. So she can't, uh, She comes back, or she comes back to the house. He answers the door. She says, I heard. They sit down. They start sharing a little bit moment. Mike says, I miss him. God, I miss him already. Um. Kimberly says that Kyle had come over the night before he had started a petition, which he wrote up in crayon, apparently, to uh, get the horror club reinstated. Um, I thought down at the bottom it says "buddies forever." I thought the funniest part of this was uh, she says something like, "I really didn't know him very well. My dad wouldn't even let him in the house." And then Edward Edward Furlong goes, "Yeah, that's Kyle." It's like yeah. <laughs> a guy who shows up that your father won't let in. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was him. Yeah. Uh, we got a news report, a second murder victim in three days. This is where we find out uh, Franklin Gia's name is Lieutenant Hayden. He's been called in. Do we have a serial killer on our hands in our quiet little town? Good. Is this the part where he's like on the TV walking into the school? Yeah. Because there's... And it, it looks like a shot from like one of the Paradise Lost documentaries or something. It's real. They really yeah. deliver the, the news report creepiness well, There's of like a, a funny little thing where he's walking into the school and someone yells out, Is foul play suspected? It's like, yeah, this kid got <laughs> slaughtered in his room. I'd say so. All right, uh, Trickster shows back up, this asshole. Uh, a, a back and forth. You chose me, Mike. I didn't choose you. Uh, turns out, God damn it, Mike left a clue on the second disc. The doorbell rings. Mike goes to answer. Uh, Trickster sits down and starts watching Three Stooges. 
uh, I don't know if you guys noticed the physical look on his face, like when he he changes it to Three Stooges and starts like sitting down and watching it. The way Trickster was into it, I I got a kick out of actually. Um, I think I hinted hinted at it before. I fucking love Trickster in this movie. I love the performance. I like what the guy's dealing with. I think he's knocking it out of the park. Um, the one little behind the scenes thing that I watched for this was an Entertainment Weekly. Uh, or uh, no, Entertainment Tonight rather, like a little two minute spot that they did about it and they showed the actor and he was still in all the trickster makeup and still in character and they were interviewing Edward Furlong about the movie and the guy in character was like yeah like still doing the trickster voice and like fucking with Eddie Furlong I really got a kick out of it modern guy has Daniel Day Lewis I don't know the guy's name but he doesn't he didn't have that big of a career um mostly like voice work I think T. Ryder Smith yeah All right. Um, yeah. Mike goes downstairs. It's Lieutenant Hayden and his partner. They show up. They start hassling Mike. Uh, <laughs> this is where they go, we heard a lot about you today from interviewing kids at the school. They said shit like terrifying. Creep was thrown a lot around. Freak, you know, just insulting the shit out of him. And then they try to go, yeah, you don't, we you know you don't really have a whole lot of friends, dump on the so kid. that's pretty tough, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hayden takes notice of the ashes in the fireplace. He's pretty sure that Mike is the one that called Kyle's house last night. And then Dan hinted at it earlier, like, he's tired of his partner driving slow. So we get this weird character thing of like, oh, I'm going to drive fast, whatever. Down the um, driveway. Yeah. Um, Mike goes back upstairs Trickster he's picking out there's fucking food all over the place Trickster's just gnawing the shit out of a raw chicken Um, and then boys tell me you spotted the plate of bananas and what it looked like hot dogs hot dogs well it was bananas hot dogs and pickles and then doesn't he put like mustard on top of it Oh, yeah. You can't have a hot dog without mustard, right? I could have a banana without mustard. <laughs> That's true. Um, So, is that the majority of the films covered on this podcast? Have some, like, some connection to a hot dog? Either feature a hot dog? Yeah, we're, we're pretty we hot dog really heavy. Or highlight hot... Yeah. I think we really need to start putting our list together of movies that feature hot dogs. Mm-hmm. That but would be I a pretty pretty great letterbox list. Are they only your films, though? No, because Rad... There's a lot of hot dog discussion. I think Rad starts it off, right? No, I don't think Rad starts it off. But the 7-Eleven is... It's like three for a dollar or something. I remember... We have a film where they're... Dead feeding heat. somebody a hot dog. I don't know. I can't We've watched so many movies already. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at the list right now, and it's hard to remember what has a hot dog in it. There's got to be I know one. Dead, I know Dead Heat has a hot dog. Mm-hmm. 
That's hot dog theory. Um, mm-hmm. Rad, we de- we discussed hot dogs because of the Seven Eleven. I thought Savage Streets had no, or maybe Slumber. No, Slumber Party or Savage Streets has hot dogs. I mean, there's probably one in MXP or Monster Dog. No, there's sandwiches in Monster Dog. The hunger sandwiches made with love. The hunger, yeah. Where, the hunger where Bo, yeah, Bowie's just Bowie's just woofing down hot dogs. That's what ages him so fast. <laughs> All those fucking nitrates just wear him out. Fucking sodium. All right, so tr- uh, Trickster he shows the school paper to Mike, highlighting a uh, the quote that Kimberly heard from him about uh you know missing kyle i wish kyle was here blah 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 and then mike freaks out how could she um they wrestle around a little bit trickster he cuts mike's hand uh the dripping blood drips onto this paper mike checks his hand and his hand's no longer cut but the blood pulls up and becomes disc three aren't you sick of it michael i'm here to help you Play the disc. Hide the clue. No killing. Well, what's the clue? A footprint in the mud because of the limp. Very specific. Amateur. Yeah. No killing, but you cannot let time run out. We cut to Kimberly and Mike in bed. They're making out. Kimberly mounts uh, uh, Mike. They start kissing out, kissing some more. I mean, and then all of a s- so far, part three seems to be the best part. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, Kimberly now then transfers or uh, becomes the first victim. Um, starts choking Michael. Holy shit, we're in a nightmare. Um, Kimberly starts yelling for Michael outside of his house. We need to talk. Um, Hayden is watching from a distance. I think, is he got binoculars on at this point? Yeah. Yeah. Do we see that? Okay. He's like like, in a car. Yeah. He's like not that far to justify binoculars, which I thought was weird. Um, Mike gets all pissed off. He opens the window and throws the paper at Kimberly. And then Kimberly just passes the blame. She's like, Stacy did it. You know, I didn't, I didn't know. Mike turns on some heavy metal. Um, this allows Hayden to sneak in downstairs and he snags a sample of the ashes. That's illegal police work. <laughs> yes. Sorry, detective. Yeah. You out, bro. You out. Yeah, me. I mean, me and- you got a killer out here chopping off people's feet and killing teens. Let's say shit, uh, shit it- might. Go ahead. Eddie Furlong's getting off in the trial here. So, eh, not, gu- not guilty. I, Y'all got to film. I don't know. It wouldn't be admissible, but I feel like you could get Eddie to crack in an interrogation room. Yeah, and he knows that. Yeah. He's kind he of just, they're just illegally he just, gathering yeah. this evidence to use later. Yeah, he's just got He just needs an edge, man. Just take the edge off. Mistrial. That night, we got a. We got a neighborhood watch. We got this group of civilians that are getting a speech from Lieutenant Hayden. Hayden says, stay in pairs. One walkie-talkie per group. 
and then basically says, I know some of you have hunting rifles and pistols. I don't want to see a weapon being carried by a, a citizen. Um, so I guess we've got neighborhood watch on patrol going through the neighborhoods to kind of assist the police since we might have a serial killer. Um, while this is going, Mike boots up disc three. He's got 30 minutes. Cut to outside of Kyle's house. Mike sneaks up outside of a window. He finds the footprints up against the house underneath a tarp. He pulls away the tarp, starts tampering with the footprints, starts, uh, you know, shaking the dirt out. We cut inside the house. Hayden's partner, he's in the house dusting for prints. You think they would have done this already? Um, Should have. Yeah. Phone call. Partner answers the phone. It's the trickster. He calls and warns the detective that there's somebody, there's an intruder in the yard. They look outside. Mike takes off. He goes into the woods. He's chased by a bunch of men and some dogs. Uh, he hides outside of a construction zone. We get this lazy blind security guard that cannot see. He's got a fucking flashlight on Mike and still cannot <laughs> see him in these bushes. Apparently, this town needs to open up a motherfucking eye doctor. Yeah. And I'm guessing this is a security guard for, like, the construction site or something. I thought it was a cop at first, but later on, you see that he's got a security guard patch on some rent-a-cop. Mike scampers away through some more construction. He bumps into his teacher. They start wrestling. Teacher gets uh, Hayden on the radio. Um. Hayden can't really understand what he's saying. Mike takes his time to kind of slip away. And slipping away, he knocks over the scaffolding that's holding up a shit ton of bricks a drop onto the teacher. Mike gets up. He's chased into a basement. There's more townspeople coming around. Townspeople, at this point, we start to see some of them have guns. They got fucking rifles. Mike's hanging out in this basement. He's hiding behind some, like, cement bags. The dog comes in. There's another back and forth. All right, I know I told you last time I wouldn't ask anything of you, but this time I mean it for real. Leave me alone. Um, dog finally fucks off. There's some guys up above. They're on this, in this construction area. Two of them have rifles. Hayden's partner, he walks up and for some reason just pulls out his fucking weapon. Yeah, I was confused as well. Aims it at these guys. He attempts to announce himself as a police officer when somebody else yells, he's got a gun, and one of the townspeople, quick on the draw, pulls up the rifle and fucking shoots the cop. Uh, Mike takes his time as there's a bunch of commotion to kind of head off into the woods. The lazy fucking security guard catches him, says, what are you doing here? They just shot that killer over there. Get out of here. <laughs> Let's him run off into the woods. Hayden shows up sees his partner's dead body he starts to uh, scold the townsfolk which one of you wants to tell his wife i mean i don't think you know murder number three should count because that's really like a like if a npc got run over by a horse like you wouldn't yeah. count that well was murder number three the teacher yeah but i don't I say this is four i don't think any of them should really oh. count against mike's record no, well, I mean, Mike should the have first one himself. doesn't. He sh 
Yeah, he shouldn't have played disc two. He should have just killed himself. He should have killed himself after disc two when he killed Kyle. No, he shouldn't have ever played disc two. After he did the murder of the first one and he realized, like, fuck, I killed somebody. Yeah, I guess that's right. You know, because he, he, I, and this is really the thing that creeped me out as a kid is I think this movie does a really good job of capturing that fear of a nightmare, like that sense of this wasn't my fault or how I'm in trouble. How am I going to get out of this? Which is what a lot of my nightmares are. Like I'm blamed for something else or I'm wrong place, wrong time. And I, I do think it captures that sense a little, I don't know if you guys agree with it, but it was one of the things that stayed with me as a kid. Like I felt so nervous for this kid. Like this wasn't his fault. Like, He's just trying to fix it and get out of it, and it just amplifies. So, first one, not his fault, but if he had a little bit more integrity, he would have said, no, I'm done. I'm done. Take me in. just feel like all the murders in part three are truly like NPC characters killing themselves or each other. Mm Mm-hmm. Michael makes it back home. Kimberly, she's out on the deck in her negligee. She uh, she sees Mike sneak into the house, but Mike blows her off. This isn't a game anymore. It's just crimes, just lots of crimes. <laughs> I thought, man, the gang from Repo Man would be fucking into this shit. Oh, dude. Um, yeah, Trickster shows up. They go back and forth, and he says... Sorry, but Kimberly's a witness now. Part four, buddy. Uh, Squad car shows up to tell Hayden that uh, Brower was the one that placed the call, and they hand over a forensics report. Now, the forensics report says, trace amounts of blood type B negative found in ashes. Same as murder victim. Doesn't it give his name too, though? It does. I didn't have enough time to write that down because what I was looking at was the the report said something about severed left foot, not severed right foot. And I was like, holy shit, they fucked up. It was a right foot that they cut off earlier, right? And I became obsessed with this. I was like, I would have swore it was a right foot. So we should have asked uh, Nate Hands about it. Fuck. Yeah. He's gone already. Yeah, yeah. we called him in too early, though. Mm-hmm. Um, Trickster's back He tells Mike You got one last witness And, and you've got to choose Right It's it's this argument again You know You didn't You you have to choose Because this is the only way You're going to get out of this uh, Kimberly comes over again Again walking through the yard Not using a sidewalk Mike ignores her again We cut to Kimberly asleep and Mike boots up disc four. Igor says, goodbye, master. We got 15 minutes on the clock. Mike sneaks into Kimberly's house and by sneak, I mean he grunts and loudly rips open a screen door. They also need to open a security place in this uh, A security firm in this town. Yeah. An, an ADT salesman would 
Well, I think dying over here. Killing on some commission here. I think Mike knows if he ever gets caught, he can just crouch behind a bush for a little while and That's nobody true. will fucking see him. Yeah. Yeah. He's invisible at that point. Yeah, he figured that out in disc two, so <laughs> he's milking it. Or no, he didn't even figure it out in a disc, right? He figured that out in person. Twenty minutes. Or in, in real life. Film, yeah. Um Yeah, he uh he grabs some scissors from like a craft area. And this made me ask, or I wanted to ask you guys like, did your mom have uh, scissors that you weren't allowed to use? Did she have like fabric scissors that you'd get your ass beat? If she cut you cutting paper. Yeah. My mom had the, she would make the reefs for the doors where you cut the squares and you'd push them in. So it'd create the reef. Yeah, a wreath. Wreath. Yeah. Is that what it is? The ocean yeah. wreath. I was just making sure. Uh, yeah. Wreath. Wreath, yeah. But yeah, it was like, they look like little teeth, and we weren't allowed to use those scissors because they were like $20 scissors that she bought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I'm sure now are like six bucks. But yeah, she'd get pissed off if we cut our paper with them. Mm-hmm. Those are my craft scissors. <laughs> yep. I was cutting some like uh, Marilyn Manson out of like a revolver or something. <laughs> I remember I was like, oh, I, I remember I had like all these revolvers and like music magazines, right? And I was going to college. I was like, I don't want to take all these, but I like a lot of the photos. So I just made like a quick collage thing because I thought instead of having like a college room full of, of like posters and shit, I was like, I'll just make a collage, put that up on the wall. And that'd be my little thing. And I got a lot of compliments. People are like, while we don't like Slipknot and Marilyn Manson, we like the idea that you have a collage on your wall. It made things simple. And I remember like cutting that shit out and being kind of bitched at. Like, those are my quilting scissors. Those aren't paper scissors. Anyway. Karan, cool. do not send me those fucking scissors. Well, I, w- I was going to ask if... Uh, like in your collage did people come by and be like oh sweet the daisy fuentes got milk (laughs) i I remember that that wasn't i didn't take that to college that was a spank bank bro Uh, yeah man that one was all like folded up and wrinkled (laughs) i don't know where that went that was still has it today (laughs) dude i'm gonna look that up later it's in your left pocket right now Mm mm-hmm I'm bummed it's in I don't his goddamn have that. wallet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. That was. I'm pretty sure that was the first, like, female poster, like, on a wall. And of course, it's like a Got Milk ad. You know, it wasn't from an actual magazine. I might have been, like, 12 years old. That was. It was. It was the first in what could have been a great smut wall. Mm <laughs> hmm. Sure. That would have been the yeah, center sure. that Sure. I mean, we you guys Center Square baby. Yeah. Are opening up on 5 Day Rentals. We got Kron with his That's the Bottom Line poster and we got Bones here with a Got Milk. Oof. Mhm. With the origins of a smut wall. Yeah, it ain't the milk I was interested in. <laughs> or was it? Um all right. He sneaks into Kimberly's room 
And she puts him to shame because she's got two Aerosmith posters on the wall and a Metallica poster. Living on the edge. So he sneaks in. Um, right as he starts to approach, Trickster slips up behind him. What are you waiting for? Cut her up. Michael and Trickster, they start fighting. Michael takes a stab at him right in Trickster's gut. And then some weird, gross CGI fucking guts thing comes out and grabs Mike's hand, starts pulling him in, starts absorbing him. They go back and forth. Uh, Trickster opens up his mouth and starts to like try to swallow him anaconda style. We get these sparks flying back and forth. Finally, Kim wakes up after about 15 seconds and just starts fucking screaming. Um, they pop into each other. We get like a zoom in on Trickster's eye and Mike's doing a vertigo sort of fall and screaming. We cut to Kimberly looking around the room. Michael pops, pops up on the side fucking end of the thriller video style with like <laughs> fucked up eyes and his face is all fucked up. Um, he starts walking around the bed, basically toying with her. Um, Michael, I'm so scared. She starts pleading with Mike. I love you. I love you. You watch me. I know you watch me. I know you love me too. I take pictures too. She pulls out this portfolio. She's been taking black and white photos of Michael weird. the whole time. Yeah. I mean, they just, Got the same kink, dude. Yeah, they fucking... If anybody did that today, they would be in so much trouble. But it's okay. It cancels itself out. Mm-hmm. If you're pervy and then you find out they're pervy too, it's totally fine. It's like if you're into QAnon and you find out she's into QAnon... Holy shit, you guys are into You guys QAnon? are regular people. Yeah. We got it. We got a lot to discuss later. Mm-hmm. Mike, Michael, he's starting to, he's, he's conflicted. He's starting to be brought back. Trickster shows up. Knew you couldn't do it. Uh, Trickster slips open to the door, or over to the door. He opens it up. Surprise. Fucking Lieutenant Hayden walks in, calls Michael a murderer, pulls out his revolver, just fucking shoots Michael. Fuck. Back to... The first night, Mike wakes up. Guys, it was all a fucking game. White zombie still cranking, bro. Yeah, it, the party's still going next door. It 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 was all the first disc, man. I didn't kill anybody. There's no trickster. Michael gets up, just starts smashing the shit out of his computer. We get a good minute and a half of him just fucking up his shit. The computer's not to blame. His his dad's just gonna replace it anyway, so that's right. That's true. Machines, yeah. We get Kyle screaming from downstairs, yo, dick lick. <laughs> Mike comes outside. Kyle, it's good to see you. I missed you, man. I love you. Buddies forever. They sit down, they start talking shit. Kyle's like, it's a good thing you didn't get that brain scan ma- or brain scan game, man. I saw in the news like some kid in Texas had an aneurysm or something. Um, I think there's also uh, like a reference to the the medallion or the necklace. Yeah. And there's a shitty like they're magically delicious lucky charms joke here. 
yeah, he points out, like, check out this sweet necklace I got. Yeah. So, they they finally go over to the party next door. Michael starts looking around for Kimberly. Um, Stacy from before, she's sitting on a lawn chair. Kyle comes up and kind of hits on her. Talks about how she looks like a girl from a video, and this wins her over. Michael goes upstairs. He finds Kimberly. She's overlooking somebody who's throwing up in the bathroom. He asks her if she's got a minute. They slip into her bedroom. He says, I'm just going to ask. Will you go out with me? Then she starts to play the weirdest fucking game here. No, I won't go out with you, but maybe. Let me think about it. It's not a good time. And then she kisses him, and then she leaves. So he's, like, fucking excited because at least she'll think about it. And then he gets this kiss. Total boner alert. Bitches be tripping, man. Yeah. We love all women. Yeah. So uh, (laughs) make sure to get your uh, your yearly breast scan done. So Mm -hmm. fully support that. Mm -hmm. Get vaccinated as well, guys. Think pink, baby. Uh, We're back to school. Michael. He uh, shows up from the teacher from before who is alive, who was not killed by the bricks because that was in the game, remember? Uh, he gives him a copy of Brain Scan. This is something that he wants to show the horror club, so he's slipping into the teacher to have the teacher play. Slick. Brain Scan. Yes, well, this should be entertaining. And then who shows up to give a little laugh and a wave but the trickster, baby? Cue the credits. And then we get, I think, three or four uh, like shots of the credits before we get a voiceover for getting something. And then we see the dog from before, from the first montage, running across the, uh, the tennis courts up to Mike's house, and it's got the severed foot in its mouth. Drops it at Mike's door and sits. We're officially at the end. Brain scan, 1994. Uh, I have no fucking idea what the ending with the dog means. <laughs> the only thing I can think is that... Uh, are we supposed to say that it's connected to the principal or the teacher playing it? I don't know. I thought, or it, I thought it was just one it, of those things where it's like, none of this happened, and then at the end it's like, or did it happen? <laughs> you yeah, know, like, okay. maybe it did. <laughs> Yeah, but I just don't understand it because at what point did the did the dog get the foot? The only thing I could think was that he actually did kill the first person. You know. Well, I don't. And understand then buried the foot. He he went through all that shit with the dog. Why didn't he just bury the foot? Why would you take it back home and burn it? Like just you're already in the fucking woods. You went that far. Bury the goddamn foot. Well, maybe he thought, well, if this dog comes through here tomorrow on its walk, it's going to have the sense of this foot. I get it. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't bury it there. I mean, I would have just thrown it in the fucking water. I rock to it. And yeah, man. That's what you do. That's what you do, okay? 
Uh, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but this is what you do. You get a five, one of those five-gallon buckets from fucking Home Depot or whatever. You get a few bags of concrete. You get the the, the concrete that's designed for like uh, fence posts that you don't really have to mix. You can pour the bag of concrete and then just pour the water in and you can kind of mix it in the hole so it's designed to not be like fucking flip like normal concrete. You put a bag of that shit, you put the foot in, you put another bag, you throw in some water, you mix the shit up, you let that, that is just a fucking solid brick of concrete. You throw that on the back of your moped, you take that to the nearest river or whatever, you throw the shit in, done. Ain't nobody ever find that shit. Or before the, the shit dries, you poke a fucking pole into that bucket and you got yourself a weight for a... Uh, tetherball stand I have fun times family barbecues yeah, now you're, yep, and nobody knows you'll know and you'll have the edge against anybody foolish enough to play tetherball against a fucking murderer Ooh, if you had another foot there you would have got me mm-hmm. nice like Michael Jordan had he had a severed hand in his gym bag every game like it gave him the edge you can catch that on next week's episode when we interview Michael Jordan Mm -hmm. dibs on not doing that impression I took it seriously I took it seriously I mean Michael Jordan sounds like a regular dude he did a got milk ad so it's true Mm -hmm. you'd be the most capable Dan, you got some IMDb trivia? Upon further research, this podcast supports Letterboxd, not IMDb. Uh, this was released April 22nd, 1994. It says it grossed $4.3 million, but I don't, I don't think that's right because it only spent two weeks in theaters. Uh, Welcome to This World is the Primus song that the trickster plays. T. Ryder Smith is the trickster. He is also the voice of Igor. Originally based on a computer game called Brainwaves, uh, after the film was released, they did release in Europe, the game was called Brain Scanners. So this was an actual computer game. Sweet. Aerosmith featured in two bedrooms, Furlong starred in Living on the Edge. We went through that. Uh, Flynn was not a fan of Eddie Furlong. Quote, Eddie Furlong was a 15-year-old kid that couldn't act. He also had to wake him up every morning to get into the set. Uh, Flynn also directed uh, Rolling Thunder, which is uh, kind of a cult classic that a lot of people like. And really, that's all I got. How bad is that one scene in Rolling Thunder? I've never seen Rolling Thunder, but it's okay. always like I've always I know about it and it's there. And when I haven't watched it yet because of this podcast, but oh, okay, I got it on Blu-ray. Have you watched it? Yeah, it's kick. Is ass, that scene dude. like so bad that you shouldn't watch the movie? Uh, no. I mean it. It is exploitation. Like they're okay. There is like an uncomfortable scene, but uh, I don't know. It's a pretty kick-ass movie, to be honest. Okay. Well, who knows? Maybe it'll pop up. Maybe we'll do a kitchen appliance. 
There's like a, a badass part in it where I think it's it's like Tommy Lee Jones's first movie, but the guy whose family got like fucked over, he's like, hey, I found the dudes, and Tommy Lee Jones is just like, I'll get my gear. <laughs> like That's like the whole scene, and then they right. just decide like, yeah, we're going to go get even. Oh, it's like a uh, the Jeremy Renner line in the town. Yeah. Whose car are we taking? Yep. Okay. I mean, that's all I got, gentlemen, for uh, Brain Scan 1994. All right. Is it time? I think it's time. I think it's time for... A game that we haven't played in a while. What would that be? Lith, go for it. All right. Um, I'm going detective here. I'm going replace him with Frank because it's just a cardboard performance, white bread, wheat <laughs> bread, whatever you, what kind of, whatever shitty bread you're eating, that's what that dude was doing. So that's my choice. I feel like the obvious choice here is to make him trickster. But I'm going to say, let him play Kyle. That was my, that's going to be my thing too. Let him be just another teen. Mm-hmm. Nobody, oh, old shit. No, no makeup. Yeah. Just the costume. Nobody addresses that he's 50. Mm-hmm. Just throw him in there. I don't even know. Yeah, guys, let's, uh, Let's rate each other's letterboxes. Oh, yeah. In a segment we call Rate My Letterbox. Rate, rate My Letterbox. Rate it. Rate Kron, you go first this week. Mm, okay. I'm going to give you both a 2.5. Kron, I'm going with a. 2.0 Bones I'm going with a 2.5 I'm going to give you both a 2.5 Um I don't know what to tell you, dudes. I'm going to give this a three. (laughs) Wow. This was entertaining to me. Like, I thought the storyline was, like, pretty creative. Uh, I don't know. It hit, like, a 90s nostalgia kind of thing for me. Uh, It was just an enjoyable watch. So I, I don't know, like, how many repeat viewings I would do. But for, like, a one, you know, a one off, um, I don't know. We've watched worse movies for this. For sure. Nice. Gentlemen, I'm going with a 2.0 for this. Uh, Ooh. I just felt like they kind of got lost in the sauce here. They didn't really... I felt like they regurgitated a lot. I mean, how many times did we see Eddie Furlong hiding 
under something. Uh, I felt like we needed more trickster. Like you got that flamboyant character and you don't really, I don't, I didn't feel like he was there that much. And I mean, dialogue wise, not great actors, I guess. I don't know. I just, it just didn't, just didn't hit with me. I don't know. I mean, there's enough good stuff here to where it could have been good. You know what I mean? But I said 2.0, 2.0 for me. Uh, I'm going to echo Kron. I'm giving this bad boy three. All right. I had, uh, I had a fun time watching this movie. It was nice to kind of come in uh, being a, a homeowner who could beat up most people and not being afraid <laughs> like I was when I watched this when I was 10 years old. Um, the the 90s nostalgia, while it uh, can sometimes be a crux, I think absolutely like helped this movie. Like It really sucked me into the time and the place. Um, I, I think the the story is really creative. Like it took something that was really big and kind of unknown at that time, internet and interactive CD ROMs and all this shit. Um, and I think it really, it somehow manages to capture the fear of, Oh my God, I'm going to get in trouble for something. I, I didn't do like being in this living nightmare. So, um, I don't think Eddie, Eddie Furlong's great. I think Franklin G is definitely, uh, on cruise control um but i i think guy playing the trickster is fucking having a lot of fun um for the the music selection you'd think it'd be something that i'd be really into but they fucking dropped that ball um yeah george clinton's music fucking sucked on this (laughs) not that great i say play more fucking primus man every time trickster showed up i wanted a new primus song yeah, 3.0. I don't know if I'll ever watch this again. I don't know, but it's usually a good metric when going in for the second rewatch to do notes how miserable I am. And this time I was actually like looking I was looking forward to it. So, all right, we would have a tie. Oh, this would technically be at position 16. Uh it would be tied with Savage Streets at 15. So we're going to need to pick between those two. Why brother versus brother here with my with my boys. I'm going to go Savage Streets. I'm going Savage Streets as well. I would go Brain Scan, but this is where we are. Cuz Dan and I like titties. <laughs> Also, for the Rate My Letterboxd game, uh, if you're new to the podcast, um, we keep track. We play a little internal game here with the Rate My Letterboxd scores. These are tallied up. And then whenever we play our review show every, what, 10 episodes, this score is used to determine the order of the snake draft. So... Today, Dan earned 0.5, and Kyle and I both earned a 1. 
Daggers. So, any final thoughts before we uh, beat the shit out of our computers? And chug a glass of milk? Oh, you know it. I gotta look up this Daisy Fuentes photo. I mean, not not bad. It just, like I said, I felt like there's just a little bit more they could do, man. Is it because the budget? Is it because you were told it was going to be two dollars and sixty cents by Amazon? (laughs) No, and then price does not have a does not play a role in my. I mean, I paid for Texas Chainsaw Massacre the next generation. I mean, come on. I'm still waiting on the Venmo reimbursement on that. <laughs> you'll, you'll get a bill, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like I said, just... I felt like there could have been some decisions that could have been made to make it just a little, little bit better. I don't know. It's just me, though. I think that this was an entertaining movie. It's not a good movie, um, but I had a fun time watching it. And I do feel like it's kind of two movies fighting against each other at points, but um, I don't know. I mean, if you grew up in the 90s, this is probably a fun watch, so go for it. Cool. Well, let's not overstay our welcome. I need a shower. Bozy, you I don't think, have any final thoughts? I gave my final thought. I kind I I always go long at the end of like during the rate my letterbox. I feel like you guys are pretty succinct, and I drone on. So, I right. I like the movie. It stayed with me for fucking twenty, almost thirty years, having caught it on HBO or Cinemax or whatever. You know, in pieces and being fucking terrified. That whole scene of the POV and then cutting the foot off and having somebody show up and say you're going to be in trouble. Man, that scared the shit out of me. So, And now to be able to watch it and kind of smile and, and laugh to myself. Feels good, man. The power of cinema. Oh, yeah. Well, uh... We'll leave you here. Maybe you'll stick around after the credits for after shower show. I think Dan, you got a movie to fucking unveil. Yeah, gentlemen, it's uh, it's going down. All right. So uh, for Laundry Dan, Bio Kyle, the Rat King, and Bones. This is Five Day Rentals signing off. Buddies forever. Buddies forever. Crash and burn. <laughs> Typical. Typical Kyle. One of us needed to say it. I know. Buddies forever. Oh, thank God. Aw. Five Day Rentals Podcast is available to follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on the Letterboxd app. Hell, you can even send us an email at 5DayRentalsPodcast at gmail.com. We'll see you next week.
man, I hate fucking hosting these shows. <clears throat> I got to take notes and all this shit. Well, I got to do work. You get two weeks of no notes coming up. So. I can't wait. Yeah. So I'm really excited because next week, well, no, I guess by the time somebody's hearing this, Green Knight has already been out. I'll have to fucking do work on that shit. But y'all excited? Yeah, our first good movie that we're watching. Mm -hmm. We don't. We haven't seen that fucking film. We don't know, dude. We could be. We've done some good movies. Yeah, man. Rad is a good movie. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a good movie. I think based on this, good. This is our first like too good movie yeah i think based on the trailer that i saw this is in a different caliber than what we normally cover mm-hmm. i i know dan prefers us not to identify the, the website imdb but there we was a support them there was a two-star review for green knight already wow it was like oh my god so boring nothing happens and i don't ever write bad reviews <laughs> which means they always write bad reviews mm-hmm well, anyway, let's stay let's stay within the correct timeline, like our timeline, because next week we come back for whatever Dan unveils for us here. So, Dan, why don't you take it away and reveal what we're watching next week for viewer discretion advised? Well, gentlemen, I we were speaking earlier off pod. Um, Kron is having a little bit of trouble. With uh, with this category, no, I'm not. I'm to be... gonna fucking kill it, listener. Well, Don't worry, he's gonna kill it. You know, there's nothing to be ashamed of. He talked know. to a doctor and got that problem solved. <laughs> yeah, he's been going to therapy all week. Um, and I went on Letterboxd and I said, you know what? Like, let me do five years out and go from there and just see what I can see. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're staying in the '90s. And this is a film that I've caught pieces of as a child growing up. And I was always like, what the fuck is this? And uh, it happens to be directed by a genius. I think I feel like I already know where we're going with this. You want to take a guess? Is it a early Peter Jackson? Negative, sir. Okay. It's an early Dan Aykroyd. No. Ladies and gentlemen, no, 1991, no, 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 no. nothing but trouble. <laughs> Grand slam, baby. Fucking out of the park. <laughs> well, good. Good fucking luck taking notes on this, buddy. Uh, Good fucking uh, luck. I know. It's going to be a terror, but you know what? It's going to be worth it. God damn it. (laughs) I thought maybe you guys would react with Dan Aykroyd, but... No, as soon as you said Dan Aykroyd, I knew. Uh, I knew. (laughs) Karan, have you ever seen this film? No, I've... Steer clear of this. (laughs) (sighs) This is always, yeah, dude. I think my parents rented it one time and I walked in and I was like, what the fuck is this? And 
I think I had friends that I slept over and their parents had rented it as well. So I would catch it over at their houses and they'd be like, oh, you can't watch this. Get out of here. So there you go, man. 1991, nothing but trouble directed by Dan Aykroyd. Written by Dan Aykroyd. Written by Dan Aykroyd. Um, Oh my God. I can tell you right now, this movie continues a trend. We're going to have a whole fucking discussion about a particular sequence. You said you didn't want it to go horror. <laughs> I can't, I, this, this is the most terrifying fucking movie we've watched so far. <laughs> this is, Kron, this is your Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What should have been? Oh. Dan, is, is this available anywhere? Gentlemen, we have to rent this one. I'm sorry. Great. Great. This is going to be on our permanent fucking record, too. <laughs> What's wrong with Bones, this movie, Bones? Bones, you've seen this movie, I take it? I've, yes. How many times? <sighs> okay. I don't want to give too much away. I was like you. I saw this movie as a kid like pop up on stuff, and I was like, I would have flashes. I'm like, there's this movie with John Candy. And there's another movie with like Chevy Chase. And then there's this Yeah. Then there's this movie with like these two things that we'll talk about next episode. That's what I remember. And I was like, what is this thing? And then I was like, then there's a movie with fucking Digital Underground. And (laughs) it's all the same movie. Yeah. And then you realize, like, what the fuck? And then you grow up as a comedy nerd and you're like, oh, Dan Aykroyd is like top five SNL people of all time. And, uh, you go, all right, I got to fucking check out Dan, <laughs> this movie Dan Aykroyd directed. Oh my God. Yeah. It popped up and I was yeah. like, that's it. Like yeah. done. Got it. Yeah. Be careful. Uh, stay away from red letter media. Cause they do, they had a good review episode about this. So, I've seen it. Yeah, but this this is a great podcast pick. This should be a good show. But oh yeah, you're welcome. Or I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> it's been a long time. So I think it was on HBO. I think that's maybe where. Mm-hmm. All right, it just came out at that weird time where it was on VHS and like everybody's parents were watching it at that time, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's prime time for like sleepovers and shit. Because it's insane. It's Demi Moore, John Candy, Dan Aykroyd, and Chevy Chase. So, yeah. And then I think Taylor Negron is in it. Would you uh, describe it as nothing but trouble? It is just them writing or giving Dan Aykroyd money to do whatever the fuck he wants Yeah, because of all of his credits with Ghostbusters and Blues Brothers and everything. Like They're like, sure, why not? And there's a story, and, I, and I've been trying to find it where it was, where Dan Aykroyd was talking about this at like a party where they were doing like a shitload of cocaine and like Kurt Hammock was there from Metallica and I can't remember where the fuck it was on a podcast or something. 
but I can't, re- I'm trying to find it because I'm like, man, I, that was where he was describing this movie and then he fucking made it. Yeah. So, but yeah, I came across this one and I was like, yeah, man. Cause I remember those fucking twins and I was like, what the, f- like, what the fuck is this shit? And I was I- like freaked out and. I'm actually excited to watch it or I'm willing to watch it for the sake of the show. Kyle having to experience it for the first time. <laughs> but like I said, it's been a long fucking time. It's probably been maybe 93 since maybe I watched it, maybe 94. So it's kind of new to me as well. Sort of, kind of. Yeah, man, nothing but trouble. I've been, it's come up before and I'm like, uh, I'm, I could throw that in here somehow. And then this was the perfect category. Oh, yeah. That. This is not so. a movie that somebody at six years old should be watching. Mm-mm. So, and there's I, a uh, lot of people out there that fucking love it, that think it's super underrated too, so. hmm well, uh, in order to kind of palate cleanse the announcement of Nothing to Lose, I, uh, or Nothing But Trouble, rather. Nothing to Lose, that's Martin Lawrence. That's a different movie. Nothing But Trouble. Um, I found the Got Milk Daisy Fuentes ad campaign and sent it to these dudes. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. And as I'm looking at it, I'm like, I haven't looked at this in 20 years. It's uh, it's Yes, you kind have. Of, this, this kind of informed a lot. This explains a lot. Is that why every time we see your fiance, she's always in a gold dress? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just drinking half and half? Yeah. <laughs> Pounding it. Chugging it. Is that why when I had my mustache, you kept telling me to paint it white? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you drank any milk today, Cron? You mm-hmm. should. Good for your you, bones. You need to strengthen your bones, bro. Yeah. You'd be like me. I know I'm strengthening mine. All bones. What? Huh? Cron, are, are you excited or are you scared? I mean, I think I listened to a podcast episode about this a long time ago. Like, but I guess I just don't know what I'm getting into. I've been smiling all week, guys. Bones' reaction has me a little concerned. (laughs) I thought that... I was like, I'm pretty sure Bones has probably seen this. That reaction was more of a, oh my God, I can't believe he pulled that out. Like, it was more... (laughs) As soon as you said Dan Aykroyd... Because I thought you were going to let me guess, too, when he said Peter Jackson. And I was immediately thinking, like, who was doing stuff in the 90s that you would call, like, a genius? You know, I was like, is it Sam Raimi or, you know, like, that's kind of what I was thinking. It was like, oh, shit, maybe he watched the first Evil Dead too young or something. Didn't Peter Jackson make, like, two really violent, like, brain damage and... Bad taste. Oh, yeah, bad taste. Bad taste and dead alive. The feebles, I think, is the other one. Dead, yeah, and dead alive was yeah. in there as well. Well, I mean, I hated horror when I was younger. 
You know, like I, I, I just couldn't connect to it. And then as I started to sort of realize that there's this weird, like, there's an imagination element to it. And there's this, this sort of, it's like the f- same sort of muscles as like comedy. You know, so stuff like that, that he made, I think because I've seen parts of Dead Alive. And I really like the Frighteners. Frighteners is a lot of fun. So, and I've talked on here about like Return of the Living Dead or American Psycho. Like when you can do comedy and horror together and you realize that like it's all sort of connected to that imagination element. The thing with nothing but trouble is that there's a a gross out factor that goes beyond like a double dare or they went all out. Uh, yeah. I don't know how to, I feel like, I feel like the same people that, that you said like love nothing but trouble. Like, Oh, it's totally underrated are the same people that watch like TikTok popping videos people like popping fucking pimples and uh cysts yeah, I you know can see that i can see that like oh yeah oh that would feel so good uh, all right <laughs> <laughs> well we got to get some sleep because we got a uh, green night this weekend we got a we got a podcast filled weekend for these people so, come back next week. Enjoy nothing but trouble, or try to enjoy us powering through nothing but trouble. So, anything else before we take off, boys? I just we'll have uh, the Green Knight. Check that out. Yep, and uh, we'll hit nothing but trouble, man. 1991, baby. We're saying in the 90s. Karan? Well, I was about to say, I think all these will be the 90s, but we'll see about mine. Yeah. Unless unless one of our parents fucked up and let us watch something from the 80s, I guess. I usually don't dabble out of the 80s, but, you know. Yeah. Here we go. All right. Well, boys, buddies forever. Buddies forever. Buddies forever. Crash and burn, baby. Crash and burn.